It is Friday morning, July 15th. We are halfway through the month of July, which is a little crazy, but true. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network this Friday morning. It is a Roadmap Roundup Friday. We've got a lot of work to get to today. We've got a lot to cover. we got some other things in addition to the Roundup. So let's begin in prayer, and as we've been doing all month long, we'll pray our morning offering, and I think once again today we'll pray the litany of the most precious blood. So we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Jesus, hear us. Jesus, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Blood of Christ, only begotten Son of the Eternal Father, save us. Blood of Christ, incarnate Word of God, save us. Blood of Christ of the New and Eternal Testament, save us. Blood of Christ falling upon the earth in agony. Save us. Blood of Christ shed profusely in the scourging. Save us. Blood of Christ flowing forth in the crowning with thorns. Save us. Blood of Christ poured out on the cross. Save us. Blood of Christ, price of our salvation. Save us. Blood of Christ, without which there is no forgiveness. Save us. Blood of Christ, Eucharistic drink and refreshment of souls. Save us. Blood of Christ, stream of mercy. Save us. Blood of Christ, victor over demons. Save us. Blood of Christ, courage of martyrs. Save us. Blood of Christ, strength of confessors. Save us. Blood of Christ, bringing forth virgins. Save us. Blood of Christ, help of those in peril. Save us. Blood of Christ, relief of the burdened. Save us. Blood of Christ, solace in sorrow. Save us. Blood of Christ, hope of the penitent. Save us. Blood of Christ, consolation of the dying. Save us. Blood of Christ, peace and tenderness of hearts. Save us. Blood of Christ, pledge of eternal life. Save us. Blood of Christ, freeing souls from purgatory. Save us. Blood of Christ, most worthy of all glory and honor. Save us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy mercy on us, O Lord. You have redeemed us, O Lord, in your blood, and made us for our God a kingdom. Let us pray, Almighty and eternal God, you have appointed your only begotten Son, the Redeemer of the world, and willed to be appeased by his blood. Grant, we beg of you, that we may worthily adore this price of our salvation, and through its power be safeguarded from the evils of the present life, so that we may rejoice in its fruits forever in heaven, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's a wonderful Friday morning to be with you today. Uh, Midway through July, I have to tell you, it is still hot outside. I'm sure Mike Roberts will have more on that later on as we go. Which brings me to that point that I I just want to share with you today. Last night, I had an incredible opportunity. Um, 
my mom called me up and said, hey, this group I'm associated with is singing the national anthem at the Cardinals game at Bush Stadium, and uh, do you want to sing with us? And I was like, what? Yeah, sure, I'd like to sing with you. And so uh, I think she had this all planned out because she had asked me a while back, and I said, I don't think I can do that. And I, I, I even said to her, I'm like, I, you know, did you find someone else? Because I thought I told you I couldn't do it. She goes, no, I, I've been holding out hope. As only a mother would. I've been holding out hope that there'd be a way that you'd be able to go, right? So all well and good. I, I don't want to bore you with Adam's excitement over walking through the wagon gates in right field onto the warning track and then just like, wow, I'm on the field of Bush Stadium mm-hmm. and there's you know tens of thousands of people here this and they're not here to see me um (laughs) but as the game went on this is the part i want to share with you because there's a little bit of a lesson in it for me and for you hopefully this morning um you know we sing we go back through the tunnel we go up get some food we go to our seats and i'm thinking oh this is going to be great there's a fan right above us a big old fan we're going to be great and then the sun comes out from a cloud and you know even with sunglasses on you can hardly see that's how bright the sun is in your face and i don't do well in direct sunlight i'm a redhead you know they come i come with a warning label please keep out of direct (laughs) sunlight and so finally i say to my mom after about an inning i'm like i've got to get up and move i can't you know, if, if I continue to sit here, I'm going to melt. I'm going to I'm going to wilt like a flower. And she knows this from experience. Uh, she's like, no, you need to get up and you need to get out of this seat. Go walk around. Go be anywhere but here. Well, then I get a, a text from a friend who happened to be at the game like, hey, I saw you and your mom are here and I've got some extra seats if, if you want to come sit with us. And I said, are you in the shade? Yes, I'm in the shade. All right, we'll be right there. You know, So we, we grab our stuff and we head up uh, to go sit with a friend in the shade. But up there, there is no fan and there is no airflow. And I keep looking at the little thermometer up by the uh, press box that keeps saying it's 96 degrees at 7-something at night. And then at 8 o'clock at night, it's, it's a nice balmy 93 degrees. And... You know, by the time we left around 8.30, it was down to 89. Um, but at one point, my mom looks at me, and I look at my mom, and I, I said, I think at the end of this inning, I either need to go find a place that's, you know, like the team store or something that's air-conditioned or cool, or we need to go. And she goes, we need to go. You know, we need to get you home. And I said, yeah, that's right. Now, I hated leaving because this is the first ball game that I've been to at Bush Stadium since – I think 2018, maybe 2019. I don't get to go to a lot of Cardinal games because it's life with children, and maybe one day I'll get to go to more. So I was really excited about this. However, I knew if I stayed, I would literally start feeling not just kind of puny, but really terrible. I mean, experience is the best teacher. And I didn't want to leave, but I knew that I needed to. So what's the lesson in all of this? Don't get overheated. Well, that is one lesson for you this morning. But it's this. How often does our conscience start going off? Ding, 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 ding. You stay here. You're going to be in big trouble and you're going to regret this later. You know from experience, don't do this. You know, and we're like, oh, no, it's fine. I've, I've really wanted to do this, you know, because I, how often do I get to do this? And this is a really great thing. And, and it'll be OK. It'll be fine famous last words and then sure enough the next day we're like wow i really should have listened to my conscience when it said don't you know get out of here get out of here leave this situation and yet we put our wants and our desires over what's best for us and sometimes i'm not even saying you're finding yourself 
in an immoral situation. It may be an amoral situation where, you know, you want to go out with your friends and you haven't seen your friends in forever, but you know you have to get up the next morning to drive your daughter to the airport at (laughs) 6 a.m. And you're going to, you know, maybe you're going to sleep through your alarm if you don't get home and get to bed or it's going to cause problems. Uh, Been there, done that as well. And we just make imprudent decisions based on our desires and not our responsibilities. So uh, take it from a guy who's learned the hard way. And even last night, I waited too long. By the time I got home, I had a raging migraine. Um, I, I drank about three Gatorades to get my electrolytes back up, which was also a bad decision because then there was sugar in that, which, sure, it made me feel better in the immediate, but then later on in the evening, I'm like, oh, that was a mistake too. Just get out of the situation before you find yourself in a problem. Easier said than done, I know. Today on the show, we've got Gabe Jones and Corey Grizzle with us for the Roadmap Roundup. We're also going to be hearing from uh, one of the bikers from Biking for Babies. They've been making their way across the country this week and we're going to check in with them as part of their ride that culminates in st louis tomorrow and then uh at the end of the show today we will wrap up our series of marian apparitions of the past hundred years with doug barry talking about our lady of cabijo uh one of my favorite marian apparitions i mean they're all my favorite but uh this is another one of those ones that you know whenever i hear this message it's a very clear pay attention. So that's what we've got today. Before we can get to any of that, though, we need to find out if Adam Wright's going to wilt in the sun. But I mean, we need to go to Mike Roberts for a check of today's weather. Today is the memorial of St. Bonaventure, doctor of the church. Born in Italy in 1221, his baptismal name was Giovanni and his parents were Giovanni and Maria di Ritella. His father was a physician, but when he was a young child and became very ill, it was St. Francis of Assisi who healed him. In his early 20s, he entered the Franciscan order, taking the name Bonaventure and studying at the University of Paris. In 1263, he received his master's degree along with classmate St. Thomas Aquinas. He ended up teaching at the university and became known for his kindness and warmth. Like St. Francis, Jesus was at the heart of everything Bonaventure did, and he became known as the Seraphic Doctor. Bonaventure was one of the great writers of the church, and his many works include commentary of the Gospel of St. Luke and the Mind's Road to God. Eventually, his teaching came to an end when his fellow friars elected him to be their general minister, a position he held for nearly two decades. But his tenure was not without difficulty, especially when a group of friars suggested that the Holy Spirit was replacing Jesus. Fundamental to his leadership was Bonaventure's focus on the vision, insight, and spirituality of St. Francis. He connected the dots between church doctrine and the everyday pastoral works the friars were called to provide to the people in the pews. Pope Gregory made him a cardinal, but he served for just one year, dying on this day in 1274. St. Bonaventure, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed and safe day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Well, this is one of those exciting times on Roadmap to Heaven that is so great an opportunity that we actually have to record it in advance to bring it to you this morning. So as you are listening on Friday morning, we're actually back in time two days ago on Wednesday afternoon, but I'm still Adam Wright. It's still Roadmap to Heaven, and today we are happy 
to be speaking with Jack Gebert from Biking for Babies. You may remember Biking for Babies. We've been proud to have them on our show for the past two years talking about the ride and the celebration of life. But we've never been able to catch up with the riders along the way, and this year is the year. So Jack is currently in the midst of a 600-mile bike ride from Green Bay, Wisconsin, to St. Louis, Missouri, that began on Monday the 11th, this past Monday, concludes Saturday at about 4 o'clock, and it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, Jack, it's so good to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I mean, you're a little intense. We usually think Roadmap to Heaven, we're in the cars, you're on the bike going 600 miles. So I think the first place we'd like to start is just a refresher for our listeners. When we talk about biking for babies, or if they see you biking down the road with your biking for babies jersey on, what are we talking about? We're talking about what's essentially a mission trip on wheels. We get out there, we got bright yellow jerseys, and we're raising awareness, and we're raising money for crisis pregnancy centers throughout the country. Okay. Now, you left Green Bay on Monday. You've got a 600-mile journey that you're in the midst of. I'm trying to break this down. If you're going Monday through Saturday, approximately how many miles are you guys covering each day? We'll average about 100 miles a day, and so our, our total will be about 600 by the time we finally reach the arch. Wow, that is yeah. incredible. So today, mm-hmm. you know, it's Wednesday as we record. You just finished your ride for the day. How many did you log today? Today we did 90. Wow. And we started in uh, Rockford, and we traversed what's essentially the entire length of Chicagoland, but we did it, you know, in the middle of the state, and now we're in Ottawa. Just people may f- be familiar with Starved Rock, which is, you know, a popular destination. Rockford to Ottawa, 90 miles. Wow. You know, I, mm-hmm. I know a lot of us are saying, I want to get in shape. I'm going to do more to get physically fit. And I think you've just put us all to shame or raised the bar so high that we have no excuse not to get started now. Sure. So I think sure. the, the next question is, because I know you're originally from Crystal Lake, Illinois. What prompted you to say, you know what? I want to go to Green Bay, Wisconsin. I want to get on a bike and I want to ride 600 miles to St. Louis. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really what you just said, right? Some of us are gifted in fitness and some of us are gifted in other things. And I just got to a point where I was talking with my wife about how much I loved riding my bike. And she remembered a friend back in college who did this wonderful mission, Biking for Babies, and it just seemed like a perfect fit. And so I sent in my application and here we are. I'm on my second year. So I'm really just racking up the miles. And and, uh, that's really what it's all about. It's about finding what you're good at. And it's about turning that into something that uh, can build up the kingdom. All right. That's wonderful. Now, we talk a lot about a witness on this show, Jack, and I imagine that as you are riding this route, and we should mention, by the way, this route from Green Bay, Wisconsin to St. Louis is actually one of six routes nationwide with five of them converging upon St. Louis, if I remember correctly, and one culminating in the Washington, D.C. metro area. How many riders total? This year we have about 50 missionaries, wow. and so those 50 missionaries take on two very important tasks. One, of course, is riding the bike and turning the pedals, but the other one is supporting those riders. So we have missionaries who have answered the call to just be supporters for the riders. So I'm sure you can understand we're you're riding hundreds of miles a day, and you know we need water and we need food, and they're there to just selflessly give of their time and their energy to make sure that we are safe and we are fed and 
uh, wow. taken care of. I mean, yep. I, I imagine so, it's one thing to ride 100 miles a day. It's a completely other thing to ride 100 miles a day with a backpack on that has all of your clothes for nighttime <laughs> and your sleeping bag and your food. It's a whole different proposition. That's so right. I, I would imagine as you ride through certain areas, people will say, and you stop to take a break every now and then, people say, hey, who are you? And what are some of the conversations you've been able to have out there with the general public on your ride? Yeah, that's a great question. We do. We talk to people and the bright yellow jerseys, they grab attention, but most of the interactions we have, if not all, are so positive and so wonderful. Just this morning, we were riding our bikes through Rockford, Illinois, and somebody uh, kind of caught our attention, and, and they gave us a thumbs up, and then they told us to look at their bumper sticker when they rode by, and sure enough, that beautiful pro-life bumper sticker, and it's just a nice moment of, you know, we're all trying to kind of change the culture a little bit, and the more that we can feel that we're not alone, the better we can do that. I imagine that you are turning some heads out there, and you know, I love this. You have a gift. You love to exercise. You love to ride your bike. You're putting it in service of the kingdom of God by doing this ride, turning some heads, and starting some conversations. Now, sadly, Jack, we're running out of time here, so I want to make sure we get to this because a lot of our listeners may want to know about the culmination of this ride, which is tomorrow, Saturday, the 16th, from 4 o'clock until about 8 o'clock at St. Joseph in Manchester, Missouri. So that's West St. Louis County. And this is the celebration of life. So set the stage for us. We'll all be gathered out at St. Joseph's What's going to happen next? Yeah, that's right. So as you said so well, we have so many riders and support crew will have gone many miles to get to St. Louis. And so there is a great reason to celebrate once we get to the end. And so that's what we'll do. So we'll be outside and all the riders will roll in together and we'll be cheering and everything. And then we'll just stay together and enjoy the company of one another. And uh, we'll hear some wonderful speakers. We've got free food and uh, the opportunity to kind of hear some of the voices of those of us who have said yes to this mission, but also some voices from those who were serving, mothers who have, uh, you know, made the beautiful decision to, uh, to be mothers. And so that's really what the celebration of life is all about. It's to celebrate the completion of our mission trip on wheels, but it's also to celebrate all of the lives that we have surely saved by raising awareness and raising money. All right. Well, Jack Gebert, we want to thank you for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today, and we wish you smooth riding as you complete your journey here to St. Louis. If you'd like to know more about Biking for Babies or the Celebration of Life this coming Saturday, so tomorrow as this airs, you can visit www.bikingforbabies.com, and that's for F-O-R, bikingforbabies.com slash celebration dash of Dash life. But if you just go to bikingforbabies.com, you'll find it there as well. That's probably the easiest way. Jack, from all of us to all of you, God be with you and safe riding. We look forward to seeing you here on Saturday. Thank you so much. Yep, we'll see you there. All right, we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, July 15th, and we've got some uh, roundup to get to this morning. So first and foremost, I want to go to Corey Grizzle. Corey, good to have you with us Thank here, you. Uh, now an official panelist of Roadmap yes. to Heaven. got my coffee Roadmap cup Roundup. Um, <laughs> so you just had your son get my married. My son is married. Thank you very much. All right. Now, we talk a lot on the show about parenting. Yes. We do a lot uh, to get ready for this and that and the other thing, but... 
you know, I, I don't I have no idea what it's like to have a kid get married because my oldest is twelve. That'd be really weird and <laughs> concerning if, if uh, he got married soon. right now. Um, but you know, we we read that when a man and a woman get married, you know, they leave their homes to start a new home together. So I suppose for you, this is the culmination of parenthood of your son. Not that you stop being mom, right. but mom takes on a whole new dimension. It's a whole new journey that that I'm, yeah, navigating through. And I'm the youngest in my family. I'm the youngest of six, and so all of my siblings, except for my brother, have older siblings and that and older children who have been married. So I. I watch that and they just kind of smirk at me and go, yeah, welcome to the to the parenting of adults. <laughs> yeah. So spiritually, what was that like for you then, you know, on, on wedding day to say, all right, this is the date, Lord. I hope I'm that done. we, I hope Todd and I did a good job because <laughs> we're sending him off. It's all we can do, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like a weight off my shoulders in a way because it is a whole new adventure. It's a whole new way of relating to my children. Um, and yeah, like, like my job was to get my husband and my children to heaven and now it's Amanda's job. (laughs) That's that's not on me anymore. So, so, and, and, you know, they, they are perfect for each other. It's wonderful. It's, um, it, but yeah, it's, it's a different journey and and I hope to navigate this well. All right. Well, that's, I I hope that I can be as graceful as you are someday, uh, (laughs) I I just kind of remember being that still. I mean, I know it's been 25 years that I've been married, but I remember being that, you know, I just, and my, my parents raised me to, to be independent and to, to go to my spouse and my family. And now that's my family, you know, so they didn't really do the whole guilt trip on, you need to come back for, for uh, holidays and things like that, even though we do, um, you know, so it's kind of nice to be able to say, yep, that's what you need to do. You need to go on your own journey. So we're here, our doors open whenever you need us. That's right. Uh, You have your own door now, too, and that's a good thing. All right. Uh, Before the break, we were hearing from Jack Gebert of Biking for Babies, who was in the middle of, I think, Wednesday when we spoke with him. He had just finished 90 miles out of 600, coming from Green Bay, Wisconsin, all the way down to St. Louis. And uh, one of the things he said when we spoke with him is that he's got this gift for he a love, passion for cycling. He loves to ride his bike. Um, but he and his wife were talking, and she said, you know, this is important. This needs to be done. They both came to that conclusion, and so he set aside his daily routine to bike 600 miles. And uh, Gabe Jones, that has me thinking that there are things, you know, often I, I'm a big proponent of saying don't let the urgent crowd out the important, that we have those important everyday things we need to do, and let's not get distracted by the shiny objects. But from time to time, there are things that truly are urgent and deserve our attention to stop our daily routine and say we need to attend to this but i much like i imagine uh cory and todd couldn't just say well our, our son's getting married so we don't have to pay the bills this week we don't have to do that this week <laughs> you know all of those things still have to get done so when you're prepping for something serious you know something urgent maybe maybe you know it's coming maybe you don't how do you make sure that you still attend or, or maybe not that you attend to, but that the everyday things that need to be attended to still are done. Wow. Well, that's 
I don't know that you're asking the right person, first of all. We, may, we need to get a new panelist for this question. Um, so I hope my wife's well, not listening. that's because Sarah does it all, Yeah, right? I was going to say, I hope my wife's not listening. But uh, yeah, marry, marry a wonderful woman who can take care of all the little things while you take care of the big things. Absolutely. Um, With grace. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it is interesting. I don't know. I'm the kind of guy that I see connections in everything. So, you know, you do this, it's going to impact this. It's going to impact this. It's going to impact that, right? And it just goes on down the line. And so part of my, when I do exactly what you're talking about, there's something coming, right? It's out there. It's a big, important thing. And there's little things that still need to be done. I sometimes tend to get a little bit of like a paralysis by analysis, right? Let's just sit there and let's look at, okay, what can we do? Can we do that? We got to do this, da, 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 da. And then, and then you forget about the, those normal things, right? So I think preparation is the key, but not too much preparation. Does that make sense? That's kind of a weird way to say that. Um, And that's not. That doesn't sound terribly spiritual, but I find myself very often as a father, husband, um, you know, the leader of a family, my prayer life is a lot of times very just practical things like God, you know, I'm in mass or I'm in adoration. I'm like, how do I deal with this thing? How, you know, and I'm just, I'm not even necessarily asking God, but just kind of reviewing things in my mind and saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about these things that are going on in life. Help me. Give me guidance, you know, and it may not be just so much a supplication, but a kind of reviewing things, right? Going through a checklist almost, but putting it at the feet of Christ. But isn't that the goal to get to that point that, you know, not to diss rote prayers because I love rote prayers. I love praying the rosary. I love praying the chaplet um, and all of those things. And, 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 And we all do. But isn't that part of the goal is that those prayers help get us to a point that we can just have that honest conversation yeah. with God? You know, God, I I don't have it all together right now. I'm not waving. I'm drowning mm-hmm. out here. Um, what do I do? And, and I think it's that type of prayer life that's going to allow you to be prepared or, you know, when that big thing is coming, mm-hmm. being able to plan for it, look out the future and see, okay, this is coming. God, what do I need to do? What are the steps before then? You know, Holy Spirit, give me, give me wisdom, right? Give me guidance. Help me discern how I need to get there, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes I, I fall in that trap, though. You know, it's like, okay, well, if I do this and da 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 and you go down all the, the rabbit hole of the what ifs, and you don't just end up taking action. And there mm-hmm. does come a point where you just have to do it. You say, yeah. God, like, I think this is the, really what we need to do. Here's the little things I got to do. I still got to get these done. And then we're just going to set this thing in motion, mm-hmm. yeah. right? That's very vague, but I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're going to go to a break here in a moment, but I just I'll say this: every time we go on a trip, this is this is my analogy. Um, the number one thing I worry that I'm going to forget to pack, or that I'm going to leave at home, are my charging cables. Because you know I got my little smartwatch, and I can't got possibly my phone. buy a new one. You know, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like they sell those everywhere, <clears throat> right? But so what do I do in the morning uh, or before I go to bed because I, I'm going to plug my, my phone in and I'm going to put my watch on the charger. I actually run the cables through the key ring of my car keys mm. so that I can't forget them because and, and I know this sounds foolish. It's a phone charging cable. And of course, you can buy one somewhere else. But what's something that we're all going to do every day? At some point, we're going to charge our phone. Well, we're so preoccupied with what do we need to bring and what do we need to pack and how do we need to do this? As you were saying that, you know, at some point we just got to let it go and, and say, we've got what we need. It's packed. Let's go. Um, if I forgot my swim trunks, I can buy new ones. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But right. you know, here's the thing. It's like, don't worry so much about when am I going to pray my rosary every day on my trip? If I'm not worried about when am I going to pray my rosary today, the day that I'm packing to go on my trip, let yeah. today be first. And then, 
tomorrow be tomorrow. And even should you forget a rosary on a trip, you've got yeah, fingers. Fingers. So. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. toes go from there. All right, we're going to take a break uh, here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, using our gifts and talents to serve particular needs. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning, July 15th. Uh, you know, Corey, one of the things I've been thinking about lately is that I get stuck in these routines. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, we were talking before the break about how do we actually adapt so that when something urgent comes along and, and we need to do something else, uh, that we don't miss out on our daily duties. But the other thing is I, I find that I get stuck in this pattern that there's a need. And a very practical thing. We'll talk about a work of mercy. Uh, someone said recently, we've got a lot of people going on vacation that bake casseroles, that they we, you know they bring them to the rectory, and then a volunteer takes them down to the food pantry, or not the food pantry, the soup kitchen, and they bake them and give them out to those who are hungry. And so we, so we need some people to step up and bake casseroles just this one time. And, and you know, here's Adam Wright who loves to cook. And I'm like, no, I'm an usher. That's, I'm an, that's, I usher, I ush. I don't know if that's the word um, or not, but you know, and and I feel bad saying this because how often do I encourage on the show, Lord, how are you calling me to live my vocation today? But if we went by that, like, okay, we got to be ready for every opportunity the Lord throws at us today. You know, there is no shortage of needs Mm -hmm. out there. How do we discern (laughs) <laughs> you know, when it is time to step out of our lane and maybe help someone else out in theirs for a moment or whether or not we're just supposed to stay in our lane or rephrased. How do we know when it's time to get out of our comfort zone? Ah, uh, that's almost a whole different question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> how much time do we have? This right. Morning? Not much. Not much <laughs> yeah. today. Um, so in my life, it's all about how much time I have and how much commitment I have to make to the other children. So I have some kids who can drive and have a car. I have some kids who, you know, are 14 and 12 and 13 and they have to go places and I have to do things. And so I have other commitments to home. And so. You know, when when the meal train comes through for a new friend who has a baby who lives 30 minutes away, you know, I look at my calendar and go, can I do that? Can I, you know, so there's always some kind of little nagging um, thought that goes in my head that says, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, that that's something that even though you have a million things going on, you can absolutely take an hour, you know, afternoon for me to to make the extra casserole and to bring it out there and do that. but I think even in, in larger um, things that people ask you to do where, <laughs> uh, first of all, I never thought I would homeschool, right? Ever, ever, because I was a teacher and I would never do that to my children. And then um, I would never, ever be in charge of a co-op. Absolutely not. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But when I was asked, that's when I went into prayer and said, okay, well, what would happen if I said no? What would happen if I said yes? And how would my family take to this big responsibility? And so um, there was a lot of discernment. There was a lot of conversation. And, you know, you get out of your comfort zone and you go, okay, fine. <laughs> get so this done. what were those three questions again? Because I think that's, I don't know. that was the harder. What would happen <laughs> if I point. said no? What would happen if I say yes? yes? And then how would my family? How would my family react to the commitment yeah. that I've just taken up? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty intense. I think you've just given us a really good prayer <laughs> structure, though, yeah. for, for this. Um, now, speaking of the ultimate ask, you know, the, We've been talking all week with Doug Barry about um, Marian apparitions of the past hundred years and her ask to pray the rosary. And this has kind of been the setup for it is we have to take that time every day 
to pray the rosary. And, you know, if you're like me, if, if you're starting out with praying the daily rosary, it's easy to say, well, I have five million other things I need to do mm-hmm. first. I'll get to that later. And then I used to not get to it. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more about that urgency as we wrap up with Doug Barry. But first, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are wrapping up a week of talking with Doug Barry about Marian apparitions of the past 100 years, and it brings us to our most recent one, Our Lady of Cabijo. And Doug, this is an apparition that more and more people are hearing about, but for those who don't know, what are we talking about today? You know, Our Lady of Cabijo in Rwanda is, it's a little more known than maybe the last time we talked about Our Lady of Coapa, Nicaragua, or even Our Lady of All Nations we talked about a few days ago in Amsterdam, but Our Lady of Cabijo in Rwanda is one of those that resonates with a lot of people because of the Rwandan genocide that took place many years after and was actually prophesied by Our Lady when she appeared to these these three teenage girls in the 80s. Now, it starts with Alphonsine, Alphonsine, a young teenage girl, uh, 1981, approximately is when this begins, and Our Lady appears to her. She's mocked and ridiculed and the very there's so much to Rwanda, so much documentation on it, but we'll keep this brief. She eventually is joined as a visionary by one of the girls that was mocking her extensively. She all of a sudden starts to see Our Lady, and then a third. Now, there were a few others that claim, but they've never been approved as being authentic, but these three girls were. And in this time period, people are seeing miracles who are coming to the apparition sites. Now, one of the miracles that they see and goes back to Fatima was the miracle of the sun. People were seeing the sun in the sky with their eyes, and it was not damaging their eyes. Now, I I wanted to make mention of that on this last one that we talked about this week, because this is something that is a bit of a theme through several others, not all of them, but several others, people will say that they would see the miracle of the sun. Now, what's very interesting is that people today still see it. And as all my talks I give around the country, I can be in a parish anywhere, a conference somewhere, and I can ask the question, raise your hand if you want to admit if you've seen the sun. We're middle of the day somewhere, you look up and there's the sun and your eyes aren't burned. Sometimes you see it darting around a little bit. Sometimes it looks like it's vibrating with this incredible intense energy. And people have seen colors coming off of it. Some have described it as a gold color that comes around it and comes down to the ground like a handle as if it's a monstrance. And almost every single time, Adam, all over the country, there's half dozen hands that go up. People are still seeing this sun for some reason. Well, they saw it in Rwanda during the time of these teenagers. Now, Our Lady warned that man was going a very dark route, turning his back on God. But she says, I still see faith in Rwanda. That's why I'm here. However, Rwanda also will have to suffer if they do not repent. Fast forward, 1982, a couple of these teenagers see one particular vision that is terrifying. It's the vision. um, There's thousands of people there at the moment. And it's a vision of war. They see people being brutally murdered. They see so many bodies murdered and thrown into the river of Rwanda, the main river that runs through it. They refer to it as a river of blood. As they were crying out, why are they doing this? We see trees exploding. Things are burning. Why are they chopping? Why are they chopping? Now, after this, no one understands what it means. 12 years later, the Rwandan genocide breaks out. 1994, when the president of Rwanda's plane was shot down in April of 94, and for 90 days, this explosion of civil war between the Tutsis and the Hutus devastated to the point 
uh, between they estimate 800,000 to a million lives lost and many, many, many more tortured, brutally raped, sexually beaten, assaulted, uh, babies cut out of the wombs of their mothers. I'm sorry to be so graphic, but the audience needs to know that Our Lady prophesied this if man does not repent. This is the theme. And I think you had mentioned this a couple days ago. If we choose to live a life without God, and we say to God, we don't want you in our life, in our country, in our family, my personal lives, relationships, you will get what God, what God gives you. In other words, he says, if you want me in your life, I will be there and I will do everything necessary to give you order and peace. But if you don't want me, I'll let you have what you'll get. And that is a life without me. A life without God has one, one trajectory and it's chaos. Apart from God, it's chaos. That's what happens in Rwanda. So when Our Lady appears to these children and shows them this devastating genocide that would happen, and it does 12 years later, she also makes clear, though, in these messages, this is not just for Rwanda. The messages in general, she doesn't say specifically the genocide, but she does make clear this message of conversion is necessary for the world, not just Rwanda. So you could look at this as a microcosm event that could potentially come to the whole world if we're not very, very responsive to her urgent call for conversion. And again, one of the key pieces of this is confession. Another key piece is the rosary. I can't emphasize that enough because Our Lady has emphasized this. Sometimes people would say, Doug, you talk too much about this. Ask mom about it. Okay, ask our Blessed Mother. She's the one that keeps coming with these same messages over and over and over again. Pray that rosary. You know, Doug, here at Covenant Network, we like to say that we are sustained by the Eucharist and strengthened by the rosary. And, mm. and I love this last point you brought up today, because so often I think people make the error of, of saying, well, why is the Blessed Mother saying God's going to punishment by doing these things? And you, you've made it very clear. It's not that God is stepping in and committing these atrocities. God is saying, if you don't want me here, then I'm going to allow what's going to happen to happen. This is man committing these atrocities. This is the darkness that can overtake our souls if we don't go to God through the sacraments, through the rosary, to ask for that actual grace to sustain us in that state of sanctifying grace so that we don't descend into this chaos. But when we say, God, we don't want you to be part of this, Blessed Mother, we don't want you to be interceding for us on this, they will let us have our way. And that's a very scary proposition. Yeah, that's exactly right. I use the analogy of the, the physical immune system of the body. If I don't take care of my health, even reasonable health, eat decently at least, my immune system becomes depleted. It gets weak. The weaker my immune system, uh, I can't fight off sicknesses and viruses and whatever may come my way. But the healthier my immune system, then I'm in much better position to fight off those, those things that would attack my body and the immune system at the immune system level. Spiritually speaking, our spiritual immune system is very depleted in this world. You know, before we even had the, the COVID virus hit, we had approximately 20% of Catholics in America, according to surveys, going to mass faithfully, which means Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. Now those numbers vary, but it's around 20. Now, even after the many churches are open, a lot of them really are open now, the numbers are down around, I'm hearing nine, 10, maybe percent, give or take. So you've got an enormous number of Catholics, and I'm sure other denominations as well, that are not going to the source of grace to the best of their ability and knowledge. And we Catholics know that source of grace, Eucharist, and, and the receiving our, our Lord, holy sacrifice of the Mass faithfully, following that, that third commandment to get the Mass and so forth, all of these things. If we're not going to confession, if we're not receiving the Eucharist, if we're not doing these things faithfully, our spiritual immune system is dangerously weak. 
So with that in mind, when the attacks of the world, the flesh and the devil come, how do we withstand that? And it's exactly what you said. I can choose to eat right and exercise. And if I do, I'm going to be healthier and stronger. My immune system is better. If I choose spiritually to eat right, then God's grace is provided. And I am much, much more capable by the grace of God to fight off those attacks. But I have to cooperate with that grace. And this is where it boils down to our ladies' warnings are constantly saying, cooperate with my son cooperate with this message of conversion. I will be there to help you. I will hold your hand and walk you to the gates of heaven and bring you to my son. That's all she wants to do is point the way to her son. But if we don't cooperate, it's not going to happen. And God will let us have what we ask for. And all she's asking us for, friends, is 15 to 20 minutes a day praying that rosary. Specifically, that's what the Blessed Mother is asking us for. Doug, this has been a fantastic week learning about these very important messages. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate the chance. It's always hard to believe that we've come to the conclusion of another week of daily doses of encouragement, and sadly, that is the case today. It's the end of the week, and these have been some wonderful lessons from Spiritual Direction. So, Patty, I am excited to find out what the last lesson is for us. I'm also sad, too, so let's let's have it. <laughs> well, again, I've just been sharing some nuggets from my own journey with Spiritual Direction for almost 20 years now and the benefits that I have just learned some life lessons. I can't speak highly enough of getting a good spiritual director and what that can do in your spiritual life. So today, the final one that we're going to talk about is one that I absolutely actually love. I share this quote with many, many people. So I want to share with all of our listeners today. So often when we are praying in our prayer, you know, we have this whole list of things and we're projecting onto the future of all the things that we're going to need. And we look and we get afraid of what doesn't seem to be happening right. And my spiritual director, I remember this, she goes, Patty, slow down, slow down. She says, notice in the Our Father, we say, give us this day our daily bread. Now, here's the line that I've remembered for all these years. She goes, notice. She says, notice. We don't ask for sandwiches for a month. (laughs) And that's what I'm usually doing. I'm asking for sandwiches for a month. I want everything to work out and I want it all now and God work this all out and make it work out perfectly. And I'm praying for this and this and this and this and this. She's like, no. Pray, give us this day our daily bread. All you need is daily bread. It's more than sufficient. It's the grace for today only. And I've had to stop myself so often because I think to myself, I'm asking for sandwiches for a month. Here I go again. I'm asking for sandwiches for a month. And she goes, nope, you're not to ask for sandwiches for a month. Just pray for daily bread. So today, stop when you say the Our Father. Pray it with meaning and ask for the grace or the daily bread for today, the grace that you need just for today, or maybe it's even just for the next hour. What a wonderful encouragement that is. I can't stop smiling thinking about that one because I think we're all guilty of that, asking for sandwiches for a month when we should be focused on give us this day our daily bread. Patty, this has been a wonderful week of encouragement. Thank you so much. And friends, if you are enjoying the Daily Dose of Encouragement, don't forget that you can find today's encouragement plus more at OurCatholicRadio.org or wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Daily Dose of Encouragement by Covenant Network. Gabe Jones once said this is the fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom. And uh, I don't know if all those flashing lights in front of you indicate, but we're almost out of our 
our time here this morning. So we were having a little talk during the break. You know you're at a Catholic event when you see at least one Ford Transit van out there. Um, but, you know, what was what was the other thing? We were, we were talking about virtues. The other thing was about virtue, yeah, if you, you, being able to uh, know when to say yes or no or how to yeah. use your gifts and all these things. We were just kind of talking about that. And we said, you know, if you live a virtuous life, it's going to help you discern. It's going to help you know when to say yes, when to say no, when to yeah. hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that's really at the core of it is, can, do you, are, you, are you the one that can bike 600 miles across the country giving testament to the dignity of human life? Maybe. But it, you have to live a virtuous life to be able to discern whether or not that's the, the right call for you and for your family. Um, and how do we live a virtuous life, friends? Well, every day, a day of prayer. It's not letting the urgent crowd out the important. Um, getting to those daily prayers, the rosary, the chaplet, morning offering of some sort, examination of conscience at the end of the day. If you're able to get to Mass every day, even if it's not every day, if you're like, I'd like to go to daily Mass, but I can only go to daily Mass on Tuesday and Thursday, then go to daily Mass on Tuesday and Thursday. Don't let the fact that you can't go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday stop you from going on Tuesday and Thursday. So, uh, Corey, any final thoughts for us this morning? I I know it's been uh, interesting just knowing that, you know, when we prepare ourselves daily, that we are then prepared for anything that comes our way. So whether it's virtue or prayer or making sure that you have your meals all planned, you know, then anything emergent can happen and you'd be fine. Yeah. If we attend to the daily Mm -hmm. with faithfulness, then we'll be ready for the unexpected. And then the unexpected is kind of fun sometimes. It's got a routine. It's different. You know, right. Hey, look, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Right? All right, we'll take it. Well, <laughs> we are uh, out of time, so let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray for, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that's our Roadmap Roundup for this Friday, July 15th. I'll be back with you Monday morning for more Roadmap to Heaven. And perhaps you've been hearing this call all week from Doug Perry. Pray your rosary. Here's why. Here's where the Blessed Mother admonished us and told us with great urgency to pray the rosary. But how? Have you ever seen me try to pray the rosary? Well, don't worry. We're going to talk about that all week next week. Tips for how to pray the rosary effectively in your life. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Corey Grizzle. I'm Gabe Jones. Pray your rosary today.